This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Hey folks, Adam here from How You Going Mate, and I'm just here basically to let you know, we will... A few months back, we, we decided to put a pause on the podcast, um, and we did that for a couple of reasons. I, I For the most part, it was me um, getting a little bit disenfranchised with uh, what we were doing. We we weren't getting the results that I wanted to get. We weren't having the the, um, the interaction that I wanted to have. Um, we, we had a period of time where we had incredible incredible uh, download numbers like hundreds of downloads every episode thousands in some cases but we had started to sort of dwindle um we were, we were lucky to get 50 downloads an episode um and honestly didn't know what that was i didn't know if that was me if that was the content if that was people just not wanting to listen anymore and so i made the decision to stop um part of the other reason i made the decision is it's actually a lot of work to put this together, even though it's only a fortnightly podcast. It's actually a lot of time and energy to put this together, and and it really is just me and Barb. You know, um, you've all heard Barbie on the on the podcast. Um, it really is just me and Barb doing this podcast together. Um, we produce it. You know, we've got a really basic setup. We don't have any financial support, but more importantly, it's really hard to ask people to come on and bear their souls. Um, it's really hard to get people to come on and, and tell us their stories because people I don't know what idea people have but you know regardless of what we do and what we say people are still reluctant to talk about their mental health and, and expose themselves I guess in that way and so it actually I actually would feel a level of sort of uh, for lack of a better term anxiety about going in and asking people to tell me their stories it was really tough to do and so I I, I found it really hard and, and I and I stopped um but I didn't. I didn't want to just shut the podcast down and never do it again. I always intended to come back and do it, and I also didn't want to disappear completely. So I, I wanted to. Um, I, I also didn't want to. No, sorry, I didn't want to come back and have nothing um, new. I didn't want to. I wanted to go away, and I wanted to kind kind of think about what we were doing and put some structure around what we're doing, and and come up with some more sort of definitive ways of describing what we do. And so, for those of you that understand. Um, and you've, lots of you have listened to that introduction episode now, and you, you kind of would have heard some of that story. Um, but part of the reason that we do what we do is, of course, um, in response to my own lived experience with a mental health condition, but also uh, in response to my good friend, Steve Bandai, who um, made the decision to end his life four years ago. And I, I, wanted to, I wanted to then start to have conversations about mental health, but... The other part of this is is the thing that, and if you've listened to these episodes, you've heard me say this, I've said it ad nauseum. The thing that really frustrates me is when people use phrases like, I'm here if you need me, or give me a call, or I'm only a phone call away, 
Um, like recently, I saw somebody that I know have a fairly significant health con- physical health condition, and somebody posted on his he put a social media post up in updating people about it. And somebody posted on there, made a mobile phone call away if you need me. And there's a, a part of my brain that screams when people do that. Don't write that. You know, if you are worried about the person, if you're concerned about the person, if you want to offer support to the person, get in contact, call them. Don't ask them to call you, you know. And and we hear this time and time again when we see people who are have suicided or have gone through mental health issues or, you know, have had some sort of significant event in their life where people have become aware of their mental health. And they've gone, oh, if only you had said something. Oh, I mean, I was always here. You could have just said, talk to me. And we put this responsibility on the person who is um, wanting or needing support. We put this responsibility on them because we want them to, I don't know, you know, we, we're asking them to do something that they're just simply not going to do um, for the fact that they are, you know, their mental health tells them that they can't, people won't understand, people will, they're alone, that no one's, ever, you know, whatever, no one's ever felt like this, and they'll be judged if they do it, they'll be treated differently if they do it. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to go away and explore some of these ideas that we have because I I always joke around that whenever I think of an idea, I'm sure there's always someone that's smarter than me that's thought of it before I have. And I wanted to see if that were the case. So I went and started to do some research and I wanted to just come up with a bit more of a definitive response for what we're doing. Um, we talk about the fact that, and, and I'm, I'm looking because I've got some notes and I'm going to refer to them in a minute so it's going to look really unprofessional. Um, but we we needed to come up with some sort of a mission statement and we needed to come up with some concepts that kind of defined what we were and what we were doing. And so I sat and I thought about this a lot and I talk about <laughs> quite often the process for me coming up with and, and kind of uh, fleshing out ideas is to be sitting in my car and pretending as though I'm being interviewed. So pretending as though someone's asking me these questions and then I'm answering the questions. And it kind of works because I, I often come get out of the car and have to furiously write something down. So I was doing that one day and I was talking and thinking about mission statements and what was a mission statement. And the thing I come up with, we we want to have conversations about mental health. Um, we want to explore mental health and well-being. We want to create spaces where people feel comfortable talking about mental health. But rather than asking people to seek support, we want to be the ones to offer support. And so I sort of started to think about, well, well what does that mean? And I come up with a few ideas, and I, and I, and I, I started with the concept of empathy, okay? And um, I think many of us kind of feel like we understand what empathy is. It's, it's the simple act of understanding how someone feels, you know? Um, you don't have to experience a, a situation to understand that it would be painful for somebody if you've got empathy. Uh, you know, for example, you know, you watch those those videos where people, you know, fall off skateboards and, and you know, crash their groin into the a rail or something like that. You know, you don't have to do that to know that hurts. Um, and most men will know that hurts, but, but you know, you don't have to have, you know, a set of testicles to understand that that's a really painful experience that's going to hurt. Um, so for me, empathy is just that simple ability to understand that, that something is causing somebody's pain. Um, now, within empathy, they, they talk about a few different types of empathy, and, and the one that we I decided that we focus on is this thing called compassionate empathy. And compassionate empathy is the idea of, you know, not only do you understand 
someone's pain. But you offer a level of support. And 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 that might be just sitting and talking to the person. That might be, you know, chatting and deciding that they are, you know, you need to have a bit of a chat to them. Um, it could be any range of things. But basically the idea is, is um, you, you offer some sort of support. Now, this is kind of where I got into in my head this idea of what we see on social media so you know we see these uh posts on social media where people say you know i want to i'm going to put this up so i know i've got 10 people to talk to if i need to talk to them um and people know they can come and talk to me the one that actually started this for me was something and i'm probably paraphrasing but it goes along the lines of um you know i'm here if you need me my door's always open my cup is my kettle's always on, I've always got a shoulder to cry on, you know, don't hesitate to get in contact, and we're not going to, we're not going to, and I explored the reason why we're not going to, and I'll come to that in a little while, um, but I, I started to sort of look at that as, well, what, what does that look like in terms of support, because to me, if you're offering, you know, um, you know, if you're saying I'm here if you need me, or I'm only a phone call, mate, call me if you need anything, then you, you're doing, you're offering what I what I what I've termed passive support you're doing the bare minimum you're doing as little as you can to offer support you're still offering a level of support but it's it's like the absolute you know minimum you can do right um and I was thinking about that and I was like okay I'd call that passive support you know you're doing something you know it's it's like when there's an earthquake and you know you see people putting on thoughts and prayers to the people of the affected area you know, you're not actually doing anything. You're just acknowledging that it, that that sucks, um, and you and you're kind of saying that you want to support them, but you're not actually supporting anything. So I thought about well, the thing that we've been asking people to do, if if they've got if that's passive support, well, what we're wanting people to do is active support. Um, if you know someone's in pain, offer to help them and and do something real and tangible and practical. Don't just sit and go, oh, I, you know, I'm here if you need me. Well, if you know someone, you know, rather than say I'm a phone call away, pick your phone up and make the phone call. Hey, mate, how you going? How you going, mate? What are you doing? Um, I had a, a very good friend of mine, an old my one of my oldest friends, whose um, father passed away earlier in the year. I haven't spoken to him for a while, but um, for that couple of weeks, in and around that time, tried to make sure I called him fairly regularly just to check in on and how he was going. Um, I never, ever once said... If if you I'm here if you need me, give me a call. I'd give it a couple of days. I hadn't heard from him. I'd give him a call, and and that's the thing. It is about recognizing that rather than say I'm here if you need me, rather than say I'm a phone call away, turn up, be there, you know, call up, take him out for a cup of coffee, go and have a meal, go for a walk, just turn up on the doorstep and go, mate, do you want to have a chat? And and. Let the person know that it's that it's okay uh, to to take that support. You know, there's still an element of responsibility from our behalf in the sense of you know you have to be able and wanting to take that support. But let the person know that it's okay. Let the person know that it's a safe space. Let the person know that you're going to be there um, and that that you're okay to talk to. And so I kind of came up with the core idea of what our 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 our, our idea, our business is about, for lack of a better term. And that is we, we want to have conversations about mental health. And we want to do the things that need to be done to let other people know that we're, we're okay to talk to. 
you know, that you can come and talk to me about your mental health and you're not going to get judged and I'm not going to get treated differently. Because then what it kind of led me to was this idea of, well, why don't we talk? What is that? What is it called? And I, and I came across, um, and, and it's a, probably a pretty basic concept in psychology and, and in, mental, in the mental health world, but I came across the idea of external versus internal stigma. External, external stigma is what people say about a particular issue. It's the, the, the level of discrimination or, or judgment that they place on a situation. You know, uh, We put stigma on everything. Um, internal stigma though, and this is a, a slightly different thing. That's the stigma that you put on that. And, and, and I came across a concept called self stigma and self stigma is really interesting. I came across it in a, a psychological journal and I, I probably should quote where I got it from, but I, it's in my notes and I'm not going to sit here and flip through them now. Um, but I came across the idea of self stigma and the self stigma is basically when you internalize external stigma and you don't talk about your mental health or your mental health conditions. You don't talk about the negative things that are happening to you because you are afraid of what people are going to do, what they're going to say, or that they're going to treat you differently or discriminate against you because of what you say, because of that stigma that they have, that they've placed upon your particular thing. And there's a there's a sort of a core a few core sort of ideas behind this in that, um, and I am going to refer to notes here because I, I always forget the order of these, but there's a few kind of core ideas here around the idea that it involves having an awareness that there's a stigma, uh, it involves agreeing with that stigma, and then applying that stigma to yourself. So the idea is, is you know, you're aware of what people's attitudes towards mental health and people with mental health conditions are, you agree with that, so you think, yeah, that, that sounds like that's right, and then you apply that to you. All people with the mental health conditions are hopeless and uh, are a little bit crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I have a mental health condition, so therefore, you know, I, I agree with that, and therefore I apply that to myself. I, I must be hopeless, I must be a little bit crazy. Or if to talk about your mental health condition is weak, uh, that's you're aware of that, I agree with that, and yes, that's me, I'm going to apply that to myself. And this is the idea. So I kind of came to this conclusion that this thing we've been talking about, and it came from a quote that, that from Nathan in one of our very early podcasts where he said, you know, your mental health will tell you you're alone. And I say this to people all the time. Your mental health tells you you're alone because of your self-stigma. And your self-stigma causes you to either keep your mental health a secret and desperately keep it a secret, or it causes you to... Um, hide completely. You know, you can still be out in public and interacting, but you just keep everything about your secret in, in one instance. Or if you are really struggling, you're in a really bad place, you just don't interact. And that's that concept of social isolation that we've talked about over and over again here at How You Go, Mate. And so the idea is is that you then you then disappear. And so this is where we've always come in. The idea that your mates are are probably suffering. And at, and at a time like now, with, with COVID running wild, um, it's probably absolutely happening. Um, but it's the idea that, well, if you know someone is struggling or you even suspect someone's struggling, then you, rather than say to them, I'm here if you need me, give me a call, be there for them, make that first move, initiate that contact, initiate that support, and, and don't wait for them to come to you. And... 
those concepts where they've been bouncing around in my head, but I've never actually labelled them or named them or given them those those ideas. So empathy, compassionate empathy, active support versus passive support, and self-stigma, that's become a big part of how we're now talking about our, our, what we do. Um, we want to combat self-stigma. We want to make it a thing of the past. And I think the only way you beat any kind of stigma around anything is to raise awareness and to educate to give people real information about what it is to break down some of the the myths and the 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 boogeyman moments around the ideas of it you know to you know for so long mental health and mental health conditions and 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 this is the other part of this is separating those two concepts mental health is just that thing that you have every day it's how you feel at any given moment and your mental health can be really fantastic because everything's great, and your mental health can be in the toilet because everything's rubbish or some really bad things have happened. If you feel sad for a couple of days because something really bad happened, that's a normal... Sorry, I don't even like that word. That's that's an, that's an emotional reaction that you probably should be having. Uh, if that extends over a period of a couple of weeks, if that doesn't go away, then you potentially are dealing with a mental health condition and you need to go and see a professional. But our mental health is affected on a daily basis. So then we also looked at the concept of mental health versus mental health condition. But but recognising that mental health conditions have been treated really poorly in the past, there has been a whole range of really negative stereotypes and stigmas placed on mental health and mental health conditions. And culturally, I think every single culture in the world is the same in that they all have a stigma attached to mental health conditions. And in so, and some are, are bigger than others. Uh, you know, it's it's seen as a mark of absolute shame in certain cultures to have that. It's a it's a blight against your family and and all your ancestors. Uh, here in Australia, we just think you're kind of a bit wussy and weak. Um, so the idea is is to to then for us to break down stigma. What we have to do is educate about mental health. We have to redefine mental health. We have to change the narrative. Change how we're talking about it. We have to. I want. We, I think we have to start thinking about mental health the same way we think about physical health. And I've said this numerous times, whether it's a broken leg or a cancer diagnosis or heart disease, we've got to start thinking about it in exactly the same way. You know, I Once upon a time, I was diagnosed with depression. I did things that I needed to do to recover from that depression. I went to counselling, I took medication, I engaged in self-care ideas and strategies. I examined my negative coping strategies. I, I attempted to eliminate those and for the most part did. I replaced those with positive coping strategies and I recovered. Now, I don't no longer meet the diagnostic criteria for depression, but if I, if I don't do the things I need to do or if something significant happens in my life again, then I, I could go back there. And that's the same for any physical health condition. You know, if you have a heart issue, well, then you go and see a doctor and you get treatment and you take medication and you change your lifestyle to make that better. If you don't do that, your heart condition will kill you. If you don't treat your mental health the same way, it will, it's a fatal disease. Suicide is the end result. Potentially, not for everyone, but, you know, absolutely it's part of the thing. But, you know, if you... Could you catch cancer again if you... Or could you catch... Could you, could you get cancer again if you don't 
look after yourself or if you don't change your lifestyle? Could you have a heart disease again if you don't look after yourself and change your lifestyle? Absolutely you could. So then you do the things that you need to do every day to manage your heart conditions. And it's the same for mental health. You do the things every day you need to do to manage your well-being. And that's another concept that we looked at. You know, rather than, and I know people get, maybe choke a little bit on the word well-being because it sounds a bit new age, but I can't come up with anything better. You, you manage your well-being. Every single day you do what you need to do. And so there's some other sort of micro-concept stuff that we've come up with in, in the sense of, you know, taking it one day at a time and things that we'll explore later on. But really... For me, the way we're going to break down this stigma about around mental health is to have conversations. So I, I want How You Going, Mate, to be a couple of things. I want it to be a podcast where we can talk really openly and honestly about mental health, and somebody can sit and listen to this, and they can listen to Nathan's episode and hear his story about addiction and mental health and recovery, and they can decide whether or not that's them or that's someone they love, and they can have a conversation about that. I want someone to listen to Eliza's podcast around postpartum anxiety and setting up support systems for mums who are struggling to manage their mental health post having a baby and I want people to think maybe I could do that. I want people to listen to Johnny Lobos and hear his story and I want people to go, yeah, I can take control of my mental health. I want people to listen to mine and Barb's stories and go, here you are being really honest about this. I want you to, I want you to have those conversations. In the same way that we listen to a song and it says exactly what we're thinking and feeling and it makes us want to go out and, you know, we feel like someone understands us. I want someone to listen to our podcast and maybe they've never ever talked about their mental health before and they hear this and they go, that's me. That's me. Man, that's me. I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. Uh, Because our our self-stigma has told us that no one will understand and I want to hear. I want people to hear those stories of how they've, you know, how people have recovered and how they manage their well-being and how they manage their mental health. And I want them to then do that for themselves. And I know it's not as easy as that's way more complex. And I've just spent the whole last twenty-five minutes telling or twenty minutes telling you why we can't do that. But I want people to do that. But I also want to do how you're going, mate. The the social media initiative, and I want to keep pushing the idea that. The people around you who you think might be experiencing a mental health condition are probably keeping it a secret or isolating because they're so scared of exposing their vulnerabilities. They don't want anyone to know what's going on for them. If you think you know someone that's got a mental health condition or he's just even, you know, I, I have a friend recently who's had three or four sort of fairly significant life events happen all within the space of probably 12 months and they became unwell. And and yes, you're going to become unwell because really bad things happen and they make you become unwell. And so we're going to support that. And and so I want to also, I want How You Going Mate to be the thing where people go, oh, I, I think I know someone who is isolating because of their mental health and I think I need to have a conversation with them. And I want the people who are the target of those conversations to feel like when somebody says to them, How You Going Mate, they can say, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that good. And I want people to have the skills to be able to have those conversations without judgment, without fear, without opinions, without trying to fix it, just sit and have those conversations. I, I participate in the men's table. Um, and, you know, Ben from the men's table, he his story about adult ADHD, and, and I've certainly taken some stuff from that. But, you know, I go to the men's table and I hear these men talk about these issues that they have in their lives. And 
and and it isn't always done well but when it's done really well and people just sit and talk and and don't have a moment where someone's interrupting them trying to solve the problem fix the problem or make you know give their opinion on the problem that opportunity for the person to talk about it is incredible so i want people to go out and recognize that someone they love could be experiencing poor mental health i want people to go out and and recognize that people might be experiencing a mental health condition I want you to have the courage to go and ask someone how you're going, mate. I want you to have the conversation about mental health. And I kind of want you to be... So I'm going to say this without any ego attached to it. I find myself going to places, and I'm the guy now that because people know I do what I do and I like to have these conversations, I find myself going to, to, to dinners or barbecues or whatever, and invariably somebody pulls me to the side and says, can I have a chat? Cool, let's do that. And we have the chat. And I'm happy. I love those conversations, man. I love being in those spaces. I love having people tell me their stories. But having that chat where you just show them that it's a safe space to talk to, and and that moment where they get to talk to somebody and somebody hears them, and they're not being judged. No one's trying to fix them. No one's treating them differently. That strengthens that person. That gives them the idea then that well, someone will care, and and this isn't bizarre and there are other people out there that feel like I feel and they're experiencing what I'm experiencing and maybe there isn't a possibility of recovery that I can come back from this that I can overcome this I can get in front of this that I can get ahead and that's the idea so we want to create and and I keep using the term, term spaces but we want to create spaces where people feel safe to talk about their mental health and we want to create spaces where people rather than say I'm here if you need me you you turn up you show people that you're there. You give them the support that they need. And you give active support, not passive. I don't ever want to see... I'm. If you're listening to this now, please never, ever write again, I'm here if you need me, because that sucks. I'm only a phone call away. Pick up the phone, actually make an effort. All you have to do is even just send a message. How you going, mate? It's all it takes. So, so that's kind of what we do, and we want we want to educate people about what that looks like, what isolation looks like, what secrecy looks like. We want to talk about you know overcoming, you know, you not needing to you know fix ourselves immediately if we're unwell to 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 just take it step by step and day by day. Um, we want to talk about external, internal stigma, passive, uh, external and internal stigma and self-stigma. We want to talk about passive and active support. We want to talk about compassionate empathy. We want to talk about creating a whole new space where we can talk about mental health openly and honestly. So the podcast is back and we are going to keep recording. And I want hundreds and thousands of people to listen to every single episode. I want We've been listened to worldwide, everywhere, on every continent on earth, from everywhere, from Russia to Tanzania, from Miami, Florida, to Hollywood, California, England, Ireland, Scotland, and I don't think, maybe Wales, probably, um, Asia, Af- everywhere. The only continent we've not been listened to is is, um, is Antarctica, and of course we have incredible support here in, in Australia, here in Sydney, and all across Australia. Um, so I want people to listen to our podcast. I want people to follow our social media. I ultimately want to be having conversations where I'm talking to people about how to talk about mental health. 
And most importantly, I want you to go out and have conversations. I want you to go out and create spaces where we can start talking about mental health and well-being, where we can start talking about how to manage our mental health and well-being, where we can have open conversations where we feel like we're not going to be judged or treated differently or discriminated against because of our mental health. And I want to have, I want to continue to create opportunities for people to hear other people talk about their mental health and, and maybe find a little bit of um, the first steps of recovery in those conversations. So please keep joining me on the journey. Uh, if you are at all interested in recording with us, I have found a way to get on to, to do this remotely now. Uh, so I'm happy to do this over Messenger on either of the social media platforms. Um, we can do it that way. It's really kind of cool. Um, but please subscribe. Please follow the Apple, you know, whatever Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please subscribe. Please share these these episodes. Please let people know about our stories. Please feel free to come on and and you know and and give us a review. Let us know what you think of it. Most importantly, folks, please, uh, if you just ever think that anybody is experiencing a mental health condition, if you ever think somebody's isolating, please just reach out and say, how you going, mate? And have that conversation about mental health. Like we say, um, ask how you going, mate, and start talking. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. It's been a long one. And uh, I hope you enjoy these upcoming episodes of the podcast because uh, the first one is uh, an absolute belter.